0: yo welcome back to
1: <laughs>
0: from the ashes that was a that was a big rising there homie
1: <laughs> it's been it's been a good day bro I'll tell you what you must have took some Viagra for that rising. <laughs> I had to climb the mountain. I had some goals and responsibilities. <laughs> Anyways, what are you getting yourself into today, sir? All right. Well, today we got David Weiss.
0: The Wait, flat the flat earther. earth guy? What? The flat no earth guy. Way.
1: We're
0: Crazy. doing flat earth, dude. That's what we're doing
1: around here. Oh, well, I we're guess we'll get some shit. Yeah, we're we're, well, we're getting we're getting we're getting flattened out like some some tortillas. We're just doing our part to flatten the curve, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Gonna flatten the curve of <laughs> of our ignorant uh pea-brain heliocentric mindsets.
0: Yeah, so let's uh let's get into some
1: for the Ashes News, RFTA News.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So uh, what plant medicine you got?
1: Take it a little, you know, last time we did Jeet right? Which was plant and rock. So uh, today we're going to do focus on some silver, which is a metal, which is kind of a rock, which is kind of a, you know, they're all the... <laughs> it's going to be plants sometimes it's going to be it's going to be uh minerals it's going to be whatever uh it needs to be and today i wanted to do this um because it has <laughs> quite an extensive history i i really didn't realize how medicinal silver is it has been used extensively throughout recorded history for a variety of medical purposes A review of the literature in English was undertaken primarily using PubMed to identify the medical uses of silver before the clinical introduction of antibiotics in the 1940s. Rockefeller. Silver has been used for at least six millennia to prevent microbial infections. It has been effective against almost all organisms tested and has been used to treat numerous infections and non-infectious conditions, sometimes uh, with striking successes. Silver has also played an important role in the development of radiology and improving wound healing. Conclusion? Conclusion. Silver was the most important antimicrobial agent available before the introduction of antibiotics um, there's another really extensive article here I'm not going to read the whole thing um but let's go it's pretty it's pretty uh i I, I like this description here. Uh, Here's an abstract. The use of silver to control infections was common in ancient civilizations. In recent years, this material has resurfaced as a therapeutic option due to the increasing prevalence of bacterial resistance to antimicrobials. This renewed interest has prompted researchers to investigate how the antimicrobial properties of silver might be enhanced, thus broadening the possibilities for antimicrobial applications. This review presents a compilation of patented products utilizing any forms of silver for its bactericidal actions in the decade of 2007-2017. It analyzes the trends in patent applications related to different forms of silver and their uses of antimicrobial purposes based on the retrospective view of registered patents. Okay, so basically what it's saying is this uh, paper here. Takes a bunch of products, modern products from two thousand seven, two thousand seventeen, and and it does their like whatever they whatever the product is, and it rates it or whatever of sorts. It's from NCBI. It's a I mean, it's very extensive documents. It's interesting, but um, I'm going to go a little bit more, and then I'm going to talk about something else here. Silver is a soft and shiny transition metal, which is known to have the highest reflectivity of all metals. Among its many useful properties, silver is recognized to have a antimicrobial activity silver is known to be biologically active when it's dispersed into the monatomic ionic state when it is soluble in aqueous environments this is the same form which appears the ionic silver compounds such as silver nitrate and silver sulfadiazine which have been frequently used to treat wounds other forms of silver is its native nanocrystalline form, the metallic and the ionic forms also appear loosely associated with other elements such as oxygen, and other metals can form the covalent bonds or coordination complexes. To date, there are three mechanisms by which silver acts on microbes. Firstly, silver cations can form pores and puncture the bacterial cell wall by reacting with the clan uh, component. Secondly, silver ions can enter the bacterial cell both inhibiting cellular respiration and disrupting metabolic pathways resulting in generation of reactive oxygen species. Lastly, one once in the cell, silver can also disrupt DNA and its replication cycle. A recently published review includes more details about the bactericidal mechanisms of silver along with the methods of silver nanoparticle preparation throughout history. Silver has consistently been used to restrict the spread of human disease by incorporation into articles used in daily life. The earliest recorded use of silver for for therapeutic purposes dates back to the Han Dynasty in China, circa 1500 BCE. Silver vessels and plates were frequently used during the Phoenician and Ma- oh, Macedonian and Persian empires? Phoenician uh, and Fo-
0: Macedonian.
1: Yeah, Phoenician and Macedonian. Thank you. Thank you very much. Families in the higher socioeconomic classes during the Middle Ages were so acquainted with the uses of silver that they developed bluish skin discolorations known as argaria, an affliction which may have led to the term blue blood to describe members of the aristocracy modern medicine utilizes medical grade forms of silver such as silver nitrate silver side uh, and colloidal silver so colloidal silver yeah and it's so silver is it's it's used for you know for surgery it's used for gut health it's used for claiming socioeconomic places you know it's just it's, it's used for conductivity and uh and and building it's got it's so many uses it's crazy it's kind of it's kind of cool human history in silver
0: interesting man interesting it's uh it's pretty interesting that it it cured you know that you- you talked about that whole blue blood thing yeah uh, from that's i want to look more into that now
1: yeah I, I mean like i said this document is really big i could go on it but it would be a half hour of me just reading uh you know like cuz <laughs> i didn't even get into the discussion on the antimicrobial silver for clinical and medical usage that's a whole chapter in here it's crazy i mean and then uh, you also have like the metaphysical properties of it, you know, um, when you meditate and you have different, um, conductive stones around you or minerals, like if you meditate with crystals on your chakra points, um, and if you have silver on stuff, you can, you will have a different meditative experience. It gets really deep, really quick when you have pressure on your chakra points with like crystals and stuff. Um, so like, oh, yeah, like we're, con- we're connected with the earth, you know, like, is that like a we talk-
0: p- PZO effect in your body by putting the pressure on the chakras is, is you know, that.
1: it's, I think so. It's something like that because you can do it with um, like in, if you ever do restorative yin yoga classes, you use blocks and pillows and you know, like a regular hot yoga class, you'll go in you know, you'll grab one block for like a couple of poses, but when you go for yin yoga, you have a blanket, a pillow, two or three blocks, you know, because you're setting up into these slow positions. And a lot of times uh, you'll put weight on the front of your body, right on the chakra points. And it's the most comfortable thing. Like meditation is really easy to get to when you're just really, really comfortable. And so I don't know if it, you know, that's, when you the metaphysical qualities of crystals um you either have to do with like yeah like you said like the piezo effect or the fact that they are um conductive of sorts you know i i don't know it, it's deep we we got to break that down with some uh hope we get that geologist on here soon
0: yeah man uh yeah that's interesting
1: uh, so, today I have an article
0: from Smithsonian Magazine. Nice. By Alicia Alt, uh, dated February 2nd, 2018. And it says How does Foucault's pendulum prove the Earth rotates? So, uh, in our conversation with David Weiss today, I asked him the question about Foucault's pendulum. So I just want to give a little bit more background on what Foucault's Pendulum is, because I've actually never heard of it until recently. So I'm going to read the article and we'll learn a little bit more. On February 3rd, 1851, a 32-year-old Frenchman who dropped out of medical school and dabbled in photography definitely demonstrated that the earth indeed rotated, surprising the Parisian Scientific scientific Establishment, acting on a hunch, Léon Foucault had determined that he could use a pendulum to illustrate the effect of Earth's movement. He called together a group of scientists, enticing them with a note declaring, You are invited to see the Earth turn. Foucault hung a pendulum from the ceiling of the meridian room of the Paris Observatory. As it swept through the air, it traced a pattern that effectively proved the world was spinning about an axis. A month later, Foucault shared his experiment with Olive Paris at the majestic Pantheon building. According to the American Physical Society, he suspended from the Pantheon lofty dome a 61-pound brass bob on a 220-foot cable. As it swung back and forth, the pointed end of the bob traced lines in the sand that had been poured on a wooden platform. Over time, the angle of these lines changed, suggesting to audience members that the direction of the pendulum's travel was shifting under the influence of an unperceived rotational motion, that of Earth. Foucault was able to demonstrate a scientific concept in a way that the average person could easily grasp, says Rebecca C. Thompson, head of public outreach for the APS. For centuries, it was a commonly held belief that the earth rotated on an axis, but it was Foucault who dispelled lingering doubts once and for all, establishing the phenomenon firmly in the realm of fact. It really started... The cultural shift to fundamentally understand our universe differently, Thompson says. The experiment was a hit. Drawing flocks of fascinated Parisians and capulating Foucault to fame, pendulums based on Foucault's calculation began appearing worldwide and are still iconic features of many science museums in the U.S. and other countries. The Smithsonian Institution made a pendulum a focal point of its Museum of History and Technology, which later became the National Museum of American History, the building which opened in 1964 on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., was designed purposely to accommodate a pendulum. It hung from the ceiling of the third floor and stretched 71 feet through the center of the building, where it was swung slowly and rhythmically across a fanciful emblazoned circle on the first floor. The Smithsonian Pendulum was intended to be viewed from above on the second floor. Looking down, visitors would see a symmetrical hollow brass bob weighing about 240 pounds and shaped like an inverted teardrop as it moved back and forth. Facilitated by an electromagnetic push, To keep it continuously swinging, despite air resistance and vibrations in the cable, it would knock down inch or so high pins standing at fixed points along the circumference of the small circle. Over time, viewers could see the direction of the pendulum's swing change, implying the Earth was rotating beneath them. The Smithsonian pendulum, like all pendulums, move in accordance with Foucault's sign law, which predicts how much a pendulum's path will distort each day based on its latitude. Absent any exterior forces, a pendulum would swing back and forth in a single plane forever. There would be no gradual angular shift, but the earth is rotating, so the story isn't that simple. Since all points on earth's surface rotate as a unit, It follows that those located on the wider portions of the planet near to the equator must cover more meters each second to keep up with the points tracing smaller circles each day at the extreme northern and southern latitudes, though they don't feel it. A person standing in Quinto, Ecuador, is moving with appreciably higher velocity than one at Reykjavik, Iceland. Because each swing of the pendulum takes it from a point farther than from the equator to a point nearer to the equator, and vice versa, as the velocities at these points differ, the path of the pendulum is subtly distorted with every swing, gradually torqued away from its original orientation. The extent of this effect depends on where on Earth the pendulum is swinging. At the North Pole, where small changes in latitude have big implications, the path traced by the pendulum would shift through a full 360 degrees in a mere 24 hours, explains Thompson. At the equator, meanwhile, a pendulum's motion would not be seen to distort at all. Using this sign law, Foucault predicted that the path of this pendulum in Paris would shift 11.25 degrees each hour, or 270 degrees a day, And it did. His sign law allows anyone with a decent grounding in trigonometry to use a pendulum to determine their latitude. But mostly at museums around the world, the pendulum has become an object that elicits wonder. As an iconic as the elephant that greets visitors in the rotunda of the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History, the pendulum at the History and Technology Museum was a meeting place, a striking backdrop for reflection and education. It was very much like a fountain in a park, says Peter Liebold, a curator of the Division of Work and Industry at the American History Museum. So that's just, there's a little bit more to the article, but I'm not going to read it all. I just wanted to get out there that there was a thing that showed that the earth does rotate. Uh, So we did ask David Weiss about it and... He gave us an answer, which you will hear in the discussion that we have with him. Uh, so, one other thing I wanted to talk about, though Roman was, he can't, asked can't us at the be- he asked us at the beginning <laughs> what we thought the Earth was, and we didn't record that part of it. So, uh, I'm going to ask you now, especially now after we talked to him, uh, maybe we can go into a little bit more uh, details of you know what our opinions are uh before the interview what do you think we live on what do you think space is what do you, how do you think everything works in in your own opinion
1: i'm still in the bracket of not quite falling to either side of the sh- uh, the thinking i don't think that i know the definitive shape of the planet And I don't think I understand the definitive nature of the universe. It's uh, every day is different and it is fucking crazy. It's tripping me out every day. I feel like I know less than before sometimes, Um, (laughs) you know, you know, because it's just, there's so many paradigms and wormholes and loopholes and you, you know, the, the mind is ever expanding and it's, um, you know, but I am curious. I I, I, I tell you what, I don't trust the space agencies and I'll tell you why. I've watched a lot of videos of the really cheesy interviews with astronauts and you know, just all, all like it all seems like it it's all filmed, all of it. I th- I honestly think that it's all filmed. I think it's all filmed I think this NASA is a money laundering scheme um because they get so much money in their government organization so I just it seems all fishy you know fishy um within the human simulation uh the man-made simulation instead of nature's simulation Then the nature uh you know our cosmic reality our cosmic simulation we have the man-made simulation inside of the cosmic reality right and for that i think it's controlled i think it's controlled uh opposition on the point of uh, keeping us within the bubble so i don't know what shape it is uh neil degrasse tyson did in fact say it was pear-shaped so uh (laughs) that's on the record he said it and he got caught on camera he yeah. said that it's not round; it's pear shaped. So, you know, who knows? Yeah,
0: who knows? What huh? about you? So, so what I think is that it's a a toroidal field. There's a toroidal field around uh, the planet, and it is round, and there is a northern and southern hemisphere. But there's also an energy field that directs out from the top and back in through the bottom, kind of like your chakra system. Yes. So, and I, so I believe that the earth also has a chakra system. We ask them about as above, so below in the interview. And uh, so it's part of my belief that as above, so below is real. And that if we have a chakra system, the earth has a chakra system. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that there is a hole that goes through the center of the planet where the pole is and that energy flows in and out of that and gets recycled from uh, north to south. And that's what gives us this electromagnetic system. And, uh, and there's something in the center of the earth That is also some type of conductivity, and that is why the system is able to flow in this manner, and that's what gives us gravity. Gravity, in my opinion, is based on electromagnetism, and that's what keeps everything uh, pushed against the planet. Uh, I'm not a scientist. That's just my belief, and I don't have you know, super good knowledge of how these systems work. So it's exactly a belief. I don't know for a fact. Uh, And also, I actually think that the galaxy itself is also a globe and that we travel around it in a, a pattern also
1: so around it or why, within it?
0: So it's a globe, and we travel kind of like how the Earth, you have lands on the outside, and it rotates around. I think our, mm. our galaxy, our solar system, actually rotates around the galactic globe also, which keeps us in the same galaxy that we exist in. And that's why it appears as a dome above us, because yeah. it is a dome but it's a galactic dome like we live in a galactic bubble basically and we're so small inside of that that we're just one piece of the solar system within that galactic ball and we rotate around it or inside of it or whatever have you
1: well you know it yeah like and i i feel that too because it's kind of like how like a, a I'm going to use this as an example, a petrified tree, right? Lots of, all trees fall down eventually, right? When a tree falls down, but only sometimes in a very specific timing and exact specific area and the minerals and the the crystalline needs to happen, does the tree petrify, which truly means that the cells of the tree have been taken over by, by crystal, and it turns into a stone. Mm-hmm. It's not a tree anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of just like how, if you know, if we are, you know, within our our galactic uh, bubble rotated, rotation, you know, and and we're in this way, well, the reason that we have our atmosphere and our planet is the way that it is is could be just that very specific, you know, it's in that right place at the right time that made it be the exact way that it is, um, mm-hmm. due to the in- initial inertia of. You know the cosmic inertia, whatever the force of, whatever you know. I, it, like I said, like it's just like I have no idea. It's crazy. It's crazy. So flat, round, inside, outside, hollow, lasagna. Like yes, yeah. all of it, man. <laughs> to me, it's, a, it's I, uh,
0: <laughs> like Russian nesting dolls. You know, it's it's just bubbles within bubbles within bubbles from the macro to the cosmic.
1: You know, one of it my all favorite ones was in the uh, same
0: in the same uh, capacity. So you have, you know, yeah, very small bubbles, 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 and then bigger, and then bigger, and then bigger, and then to the point where we can't even fathom or understand anymore.
1: Do you remember Men in Black, the movie? Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, the whole time they're chasing around the universe, right? This alien war is like going on for the this universe. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's a part of the cat's necklace. Right. Remember that? And at the very end, when they get the universe back, they zoom out and it's this one universe in a sack of marbles with the big aliens holding the sack of marbles. And it's all just another, a whole bunch of other universes. So our entire universe inside of one marble next to a sack of other marbles. And it's, a, it's like a split scene at the end of the movie, like no words or anything. And I was mind blown as a kid. I was like, oh my God, that means there's, it's like where, yeah, you know, and it just ever expansive.
0: Yeah. Uh... Uh, for me, it was when I was watching, uh, actually, Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I know David Weiss is not a fan of, but uh, there he had that TV show for a while. I forget what it was called, but he did, he was like, let's go examine what life is like inside this dewdrop. It was a little tiny dewdrop on a leaf. And the amount of life that existed within that dewdrop was insane to me. And I was like, what if we're just all just living in a little dewdrop? Like, uh, do you remember playing that game Life Force on Nintendo as a kid?
1: No. No.
0: If you don't, it's you're a you're a plane and you go through different body parts of the human body and at the very end you have to destroy the brain, but you go through like the liver and you go through all the different organs and all the the whole thing is you're just traveling through the parts of the body destroying things to get to the next level and so on and so forth and it's uh, a so our game
1: was li- sounds like <laughs> sounds like from a, t- a kid from a terrible kid terrible for children to be playing <laughs> uh
0: so i i started to think of you know this is i i started just calling it life force theory and uh you know we exist within maybe maybe we exist inside of a giant human and we're just like one part of its body that exists. Maybe we're just an atom, a a a celestial body shoulder. Yeah. Inside of a celestial body. Uh, So, but so who knows, you know what it could be, but that's the type of, you know, thinking that I have, have with it. it. We just, you know, at the end, there's just no telling what it is that, you know, exists out there. And it could be so many different things. And, I think he even brought up like everything is like your perception, your perception dictates what you live in. So, and 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 your belief system dictates what world you live in. So, if you believe in God, you know you do things to get closer to God, or you know you do your rituals, and your your beliefs uh, affect the way you live life. So, you can have any amount of possibilities of living in this life that we live. So whatever your perceptions are, just know that they can be whatever you want. And what you believe is Question not everything. wrong. Question But what you believe is not wrong because your beliefs dictate to you your life. And if that's the paradigm you want to live in, then you can live in it.
1: But does that equate down to people who may have evil tendencies? Because their thinking is so, oh yeah, we need to... I need to murder this human, so I can thus uh, I think I think we world. brought
0: that up before about about nature and a shark eating another animal it eats that other animal to survive, and when it eats humans, it thinks it's a seal, so it's not necessarily that that shark is evil; it's just doing what it does to survive. It's just like us like chopping down a tree or or eating a plant like to up uh, that plant has feelings too, you know. But we we don't see it as a having feelings. We just see it as uh, nutrients or sustenance for us to live off of. So, and it and it doesn't hurt our feelings when a plant dies or anything. So why should you know something that's bigger than us, you know, feel sad by us dying? I, I think that's the whole point of like you know sacrifices and stuff is is that you're giving up something that you could use, so that way. Uh, you could appease something else. Uh, I, you know, evil is also a perception.
1: So well, everything's a perception. Then at this point, huh? Uh, is that what you're trying I mean, to get I at? I mean,
0: really, is isn't it? <laughs> I mean,
1: yes, yes, it is, but also. You know, we have, uh, you know, we have accepted this perception of community and within the community, we have uh, moral stand grounds. So within that perception, there is a right and there's a wrong. You know what I but, mean? And, yeah, but morals and morals are
0: man, man-made, right? Nature doesn't yes, have any of yes. those same morals.
1: And within the perspective of our uh, community standings, it would inside that perception
0: our community here but (laughs) other other communities around the world have totally different moral structures than we do
1: true true you know you know no yeah no hey hey here's the deal man everything everything fractalizes down like you're talking about earlier how much life inside of a dew drop well how much life inside of the life of the dew drop inside the life of the life that's inside the life It just keeps going. The deeper you go, it's infinite. It's infinite. Jesus fuck. Yeah. So as it is uh, as above, so below. So infinite down, infinite up. You go fractalize down. Well, we're just fractalized more. You know, right? If you can just keep looking at it, well, that's you know, at some point we're some you know someone's looking at us, looking at that, and it's just exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. So. Damn. All right, let's get into it. David Weiss, here we go, man. Here we go. Let's hit it.
0: do an intro, Roman, or what?
1: Oh hey oh hey everybody uh beautiful beautiful goodness out there as the spring starts to uh set upon our skin and the wind is just uh, curious with all of all of the life's questions and today we have Sir Dave Weiss the flat earth master the um the I, I I heard Dave originally on the Freeman Fly Show, and I, I think I emailed him directly after the episode, and was like, "Uh, I I'm convinced this flat now. <laughs> oh man!" And I guess I've all I mean, you know, flat, uh, shape, an unconceptual image that pops into my head about what earth is because the energy of magic of the magic of earth and and all of that goodness is it's it's unfathomable to me to even put a type of shape on it so you know um just letting letting all the all the answers from the stuff come in but yes hello dave how how are you Hey, guys. Yeah, Freeman
2: was a hard uh, holdout on flat Earth. He uh, held the flat Earth away like the plague for the longest <laughs> period of time. And then finally, like, we we found a crack and we wizzed, got wiggled in there and we planted yeah. some seeds and he bloomed as a full on. OK, we're not a globe Earth. Uh, he's probably in the same park that you are where he knows it's not a spinning globe flying through an infinite space vacuum because that's just ridiculous. And uh, he sees the light now. I met him at the Flat Earth, the Flattoberfest festival in South Carolina last year.
1: Yeah. Oh, hey,
2: what are South you Carolina. doing to flatten the curve? <laughs> you know, that's a, that is a, <laughs> I, I'm not wearing a mask anywhere under any circumstance and I'm not getting vaccinated. That is going to flatten the curve. But you know, that the curve is a poke at Flat Earthers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. got it out, man. They, there is some. There is there is a uh, a force, an energetic force, out against to silence flat Earth and any curiosity about what Earth's shape is.
2: Well, that that is the the flat Earth people. Are, what difference does it make? I still got to go to work tomorrow. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to work tomorrow or today, and uh, it, it changes everything. It's not the shape that matters. But uh, but the the the, the lie uh, is is so important to them because when you wake up to flat earth you unplug from their fear matrix and that's what they thrive upon they control us through fear uh, through all sorts of nonsense and they put us in a prison without walls you don't see the walls you don't know you're in a prison and it's a prison for your mind and that's the globe.
1: Uh, I I feel that I resonate with that it seems like uh you know the the whole like a psyop right people call a psychological operation is kind of the same thing it's like okay let's put let's put a form on on your observation your psyche of things that you can't see but they're absolutely controlling the way that you move throughout your life and
2: if you don't know where so look at this where, where do you guys live where do you live what state california california, so california. all right california so it's a little <laughs> crazy there right now would you would you agree? <laughs>
1: Oh, got a new sum.
2: Yeah, if you had the the means and the ability, and the, and not the ties to where you are, I'm not saying that you do. Um, and there was other freer states. Would you consider moving?
0: I've considered and stayed, anyways.
2: Right, right. Because (laughs) I hate movies. The worst thing in the world.
0: Um, Uh But the weather here, the weather here is what keeps me here. I went to. Yeah. What if there was another
2: place with equally as good weather and total freedom? Would you consider going there? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. Yes. So heavily. So that that's that's one thing. They're hiding, you know, who you are, and they're hiding that there's more, that there is extra territory, right? Extra territory. That's where extraterrestrials would come from, and that that is beyond Antarctica. What if there was another 30, 40, 50 continents that you didn't know about, that didn't have a tyrannical government running them, and that you could live your true divine life that you're supposed to be living without anybody ruling over you? Do you think you'd pick up and go? My answer is, yeah, a lot of people would pick up and go, but they don't want you knowing that. They have us in a prison. And I equate it to imagine you lived in a giant apartment building your whole life. You were born in there. There's no windows, no doors, and you're not allowed um, on the outer rim, the outer edge, even touch the outside wall your whole life. It's just off limits. And that's all you knew. You worked on the 49th floor. You bought groceries on the ninth floor. Your gym was on the hundredth floor and you were happy. You know, you thought you were happy. You have television, you got movies, you got entertainment, they even have, you know, ballparks in there. And someone says, Hey, There's more on the outside. There's a whole nother world out there. And you said to them, what does it even matter? What does it doesn't matter? Stop it. Stop it with the nonsense. That's what it's equivalent to.
0: So I a hundred percent agree that obviously we're, uh, we're enslaved by the powers that be where we live all around the world. Uh, but across the plane, you mean? See, I knew you, you were going to do that. Uh, that's why I said "world" instead of "globe." It, you, it's still a... there's no winning. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I, I can agree with a lot of that stuff, uh, but I don't. I don't find that stuff enough evidence to prove that the whole globe thing is a lie.
2: All right. Uh, so, go, oh, go ahead. Sorry, So you're done.
0: No, but I, I see where. Because I'm not a Bible person either, so pretty Neither much. Neither am I. But I know a lot of flat earthers use Bible and the firmament passages to uh, say that there's a firmament above the
2: plain, Uh So, you know. So, Leah, let let me address that. If you've got any group of people anywhere, you're going to have a large number of Christians there, and they're mm-hmm. going to look at the Bible as references. Doesn't mean they're right, doesn't mean they're wrong, but it means that... Hey, they see it in their flat earth book known as the Bible. I mean, the Bible has so many flat earth references in it, but I never use that as proof because I have science as proof. Flat earthers use science, heliocentrists use memes and nonsense and, and paintings as their proof. They don't use science at all. So, you know, when you talk about the firmament or the dome over us, the, you know, if you believe in the heliocentric model, how can you have a pressureless space vacuum? And a pressurized atmosphere without it just equalizing—that's impossible. And you can't say gravity because you take a straw, point it downwards, and with the weak, low pressure of my lungs and mouth, I can inhale air or water up and away from gravity at any altitude. So don't tell me that the super vacuum of space, which is like sixty trillion times no quint—what's after trillion, quintillion, and then sextillion—the the <laughs> difference in pressure is measured in sextillions. It's ridiculous. You know we yeah, have like. Go
1: ahead. Oh no, I was just I'm just uh, hyping and like, yes, I agree.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, the I pressure that, in they, they, NASA tells us the pressure in space is point zero 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 one three three, versus the pressure on Earth is which is one thousand thirteen point two five millibars. Space is that number I told you, which is seventy-six six thousand hundred and eighty-four quintillion, two hundred and ten trillion, five hundred and to be exact. Okay. <laughs> the difference in pressure is ridiculous. If you put a half a millibar of pressure, it'll it'll lift water and air up, you know, up and away. Okay. Uh, this is you know what's crazy? is every single thing about the heliocentric system is absolutely insane.
1: Is it, would that be the same? So the firmament, the, the, uh, what I've seen is like, uh, when I've, when I've had heightened visions of just feeling the most in tune to my body, because I listen to my intuition and that's how I guide myself to, to know what I know is right because my intuition tells me, and that's what I believe outside of other people. You know, I love all my humans and all their facts and their science and stuff. But for my reality, is based off of my intuition, and I'm the happiest when I do that. And so I love that. But right, uh, what I'm getting at here—that sounds uh, like what that? What if it was terraformed? What if what if that their the pressure was kept inside as the um, whatever w- could be potentially keeping the pressure in was like terraformed from outside forces. Aliens.
2: Uh, How about this? (laughs) We believe that space, what we call space is actually water. Okay. There's lots of evidence for that. And, the GoFast Rocket, which was shot up 73 miles, all of a sudden it went into something viscous. Yeah. Not quite the whoosh. thickness of water, but it was getting there. It gets and the the belief is that it becomes like plasma, then water, and then a hard dome. But nobody can get there. They're trying to break through. They had Project Fishbowl in the nineteen fifties or somewhere, where they were blowing up they were sending bombs, blowing them up in space, in space. And you yeah. can see the bomb spreading out over some sort of, it was hitting something and spreading out. So, you know, what, what's going on up there? I don't know. If you look at NASA, all of their terms are nautical terms, ships, docking the, the sea of tranquility. They're always talking about water nautical terms mm. and, uh, and ev- everything. So, so I forgot where I was going with that question. You're um, what was your comment? Your question? I'm sorry. It just,
1: uh, it gave me the visual of like, you know, when you talk about the, the, the hyperpressurized, you know, ball that's exactly. floating through the zero pressure vacuum. Oh, uh, oh
2: yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Aeriformed. So, so think about this. Think about a, a pot of water that you're boiling and it starts to get those bubbles on the bottom. Imagine you're inside of that bubble on the flat surface of the pot and the bubble is the pressure holding the water above you. There isn't really a dome there, but there is a barrier. There's a barrier between the air and the water is above. And what makes, when when do we get heavy torrential downpours, like rivers of water coming out of the sky? Well, that's during like a hurricane, a super low pressure system. And like rivers of water, you know, millions of tons of water fall out of the sky that supposedly was floating in those clouds. I don't think so. Lower pressure is what lets that water in. Is it coming in multidimensionally? I couldn't tell you. But, you know, when you guys have been in uh, heavy torrential rains, right. Or a hurricane. Have you ever? Yeah. Yeah. No. I've lived in Hawaii. That water heavy wasn't, rain, yes. Yeah. It wasn't floating in the sky prior to that. You know, it's, it's not, it's just not floating in clouds that an airplane can fly right through without any problem. Yes. Clouds are made out of moisture. And when they, you know, you can get precipitation when there's, you know, cold, cold air hits a warm cloud. But that's not where the real water comes from. The real water comes from the waters above.
0: So what I was going to say is I learned when I was 10 years old, because I watched the Karate Kid wax on and wax off. So one way is waxing on and one way is waxing off. So doesn't it the the way that the earth spins
2: determine like if water is going to fly off it or stick to it? I think you're getting a couple things mixed up there. Are you Are you trying to refer to the Coriolis effect the 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 alternating spinning of storms in the north and the south? I'm just uh I'm the oceans of the earth why it stays on the planet uh,
0: because what you were saying earlier is when a globe spins that water will just shoot off everywhere or you know it'll pull it well, up like the your straw well, the, the- uh, metaphor.
2: They say that the ocean, that the equator bulges fourteen miles high. That's like seventy-five thousand feet. Okay. That's that's three times the height of Everest, I think. Or is it three times the height or you know, what, two and a half times the height of Everest. So where is that bulge when you're flying from the north to the south? How when do you climb that extra ten miles over your cruising altitude of five miles just to skim over a hump? Okay? I don't think ever because it's never happened. Large bodies of water at rest lay flat. If the earth is 24,901 miles around, like they tell us, there should be a curvature drop. And at just three miles, there should be a six-foot drop. So a six-foot tall person standing at the edge of the water should see a physical horizon at three miles. But not only can we see 10, 20, 30 miles, we can see the surface of the water beyond that yeah. Yeah. on clear days.
1: Like, the movement of the ocean is really interesting, and I guess that's going to lead me into asking, the, the movement of the tides is controlled how on the flat Earth module?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, tides aren't fully understood, but if you look at um, – I, I have some videos on my app under, under what causes the tides, and it, there's these little um, tidal nodes all over the world where yes. they have their own tides. Mm -hmm. and the tide everyone thinks it's tied to the moon when there's a full moon there's a huge tide well how come when there's a new moon there isn't a huge tide because the moon is still there the moon's still there it's just not lit up by the sun okay yeah and the truth is the the there is a correlation to the moon phase and the tides Uh not the moon itself the moon and the gravity that's nonsense um because the moon the sun and the moon are the anode and cathode of the earth battery system. The salt water carries the current and the land is the salt bridge of the battery and the moon when it's fully powered up, a full moon has a bigger effect on the salt water. That's why there's no freshwater tides. There's only saltwater tides.
1: Yeah, that that I was going to ask if it had to do anything with electromagnetism because, you know, that that's something that I I'm just fascinated by is, you know, just magnetism in general of how we are conductors are, are, you know, we are conductors of electric goodness and as well as the earth. Therefore, you know, we are basically, um,
2: we are part of the earth system. We can't live off of the earth. We, when you walk around grounded to the earth, you're getting free electrons. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's because we're part of the earth system. But when I was a kid back in the sixties or maybe early seventies, they were. Um, there was a couple news stories about these pilots that, that that were doing these altitude test flights, and they got up so high. They said that weird things happened, and immediately these things disappeared. That uh, they could see through their eyes, they could see through their eyelids. They they started having all this weird stuff happen. They would lose consciousness. You, that's because they're too far away from the earth. Yeah. they are
1: connected to the earth. Yeah, I've heard that the, the skin can actually become transparent the farther away that it gets. Um, they they uh, start becoming, like, they start decomposing, kind of.
2: Maybe like, that's they, it. I don't, I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but I know that they're lying to us about everything. So, yes. the, you know, the... <laughs> intuitively. <laughs> we live yeah. in this electrical system. Think about this. The sun, you know, I used to be in the solar power business, and scientists do not know how solar power, how solar panels work. They don't know. The scientists that fucking make the panels don't know (laughs) how they work. Okay, well, where did they get the technology from? They have a theory that, you know, a photon comes and knocks out a boron molecule out of the silicon chip and, uh, you know, the silicon wafer, and then an electron fills it in and then it starts creating its current. The reason they don't know is because they think the sun is a ball of, of gas in a vacuum, impossible, burning, sending photons, you know, for eight minutes through the air to, to the point where they hit the, you know, they create this current. The sun is electrical. It's sending electricity to earth and the silicon wafers are collecting that electricity and putting it into a current. It's that friggin' simple. And a simple experiment you can do is get a, make a, like a, a fire and a, you know, put light a fire in the fireplace and get a lamp of uh, some fluorescent bulbs and put a plant in front of each of them. One Mm. plant will shrivel up and die. The other one will grow Mm -hmm. because it's collecting the electricity from the light. If The sun was a burning ball of hydrogen. You know, it would be hotter the closer you got to it at the top of the mountains. It would be hotter, but it's not, it's sending electricity down here that is electrifying the molecules. And the air is the thickest down here. The hottest temperatures on earth are like in the friggin' uh, death Valley. It's below sea level, right and it's freezing on the top of Everest. You know that in our northern summer, we are farther from the Sun than we are mm. during our northern winter mm-hmm. okay during in the heliocentric model mm. during your Canadian winter, you're three and a half million miles closer to the Sun than you are during your summer. Does that make any sense?
1: No because there's 18 feet of snow on the <laughs> on the streets. <laughs>
2: It makes no sense whatsoever. So, so they tell us, well, it's the tilt of the earth, the angle of the sun's coming in, because when the sun's coming in, you know, when, during our winter, we're tilted away and the sun spreads, spreads across. That's nonsense, because at sunrise every day of the year, it would be freezing if that was the case, especially during the summer when you're farther from the sun right? Sunrise should be freezing. But in the summer, when the sun appears on the horizon, you could feel the heat on your face. Maybe not in Canada, but here in Connecticut, you can. You could feel the heat on your face. And then that's at the, the the most severe angle, 89 degree tilt away from you. And then in December, when the sun is closer, three and a half million miles closer, reportedly, according to the Helio-Nonsensical model, at the high point of the day, when the sun is a much more direct angle closer, you can't even feel the heat on your face that one hundred percent right there when you think about it, disproves the spinning globe one hundred percent. you need nothing else
1: what do you are you a uh, hip to the electric universe uh yeah
2: that the electric universe ties in perfectly with the earth, but it's the electric earth system, not the electric
1: mm-hmm. universe, yeah.
0: Where You do not believe in a universe? Do you believe we're just uh, the only thing that well, exists? Well, I, I
2: believe that, you know, again, we're not allowed beyond the shoreline of Antarctica. What's beyond there? What if, you know, just expand you know the flat Earth model, you have the ice, you have the Earth plane, and then we live in this pond. We live in a, in a big lake where the sun has melted out a big puddle, a big lake puddle. That's the Earth. Oceans are the Earth pond, I call it. And all of the islands are surrounded by water because all that water is melted out there. And the, the shoreline of that lake, you need a container for a lake, is mm-hmm. the shoreline of Antarctica. Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. It's the shoreline of the world pond. We live in the Antarctic Basin. So what's beyond there? What if there was a million more puddles with suns and moons and everything and their own star system and everything? What if there was a million more of them? Those would be considered planets to the heliocentrist, and they are in the outer space beyond our realm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I vibe with that because to me, I feel like I've gotten told this, that there's more land out there and there's more. Like, I don't know why I, I feel it so because much. there is. Think I know. about this.
2: I, it's crazy. Think about this. I, do you guys both believe in extraterrestrials? I do.
0: No. I believe
2: that. You do You believe we're here. Do you believe that extraterrestrials exist? No. Okay. You believe we're here. In a heliocentric universe, and we're the only ones that evolved to humans from Pondscum.
0: From the... No, I believe that aliens do exist elsewhere in the uh, galaxy, but not on this planet, and they don't exist here to us.
2: Yeah, well, if if the Earth is a flat plane, and aliens... not aliens, extraterrestrials that come from beyond Antarctica, they're only a couple thousand miles away, 10,000 miles, maybe 20, maybe less. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're not coming from impossible light years. Think about this. The sun is like the size of one of those yoga balls and the earth is a BB next to that, right? Or a marble, right? Mm -hmm. And we see the sun as a size of a coin held at arm's length in the sky. It just covers a tiny bit of the sky. And why it's the reason it looks small is because of the distance, right? If the sun was a mile over your head, the size they say it is, it would fill the entire sky. Do you agree? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay.
2: So then we move it 93 million miles away. It's now just a little dot in the sky, just like we see it. Well, if I made it eight times farther, you couldn't see it. It's too small. Scientifically, we can prove that the angular size is too small and eight times farther away is known as a light hour. OK, OK. Okay. So now let's look at the star Polaris that we can see for our with our naked eyes. Polaris is the North Star. We can see it with our naked eyes. Science tells us it's 46 times bigger than Earth. <laughs> mm. OK, so if we wanted to make it so we couldn't see it, we would say it has to be 46 times farther than our sun at eight times its distance, that light hour. So 46 times farther, we'll call it two light days. OK. At two light days, it's provable, scientifically provable, that we could not see Polaris. 46 times bigger, I got it 46 times farther, right? It's 46 light hours away, two light days. You with me? And it's just barely poking
1: through the fabric.
2: So at two light hours, no, in the heliocentric model, at two light hours, we could not see Polaris, and they tell us it's 433 light years away, okay? But based on
0: if the galaxy is ever expanding, aren't we just witnessing the light from it? And isn't that why the North Star changes?
2: <laughs> the North Star, <laughs> two cool stories. One, um, the light doesn't travel forever. Um, as it, you know, over distance, light gets it gets gets dimmer. Every time you double the distance, it's a quarter of the brightness, okay? Yeah. So the, you got brightness issues, you got size issues. Yeah. And then the whole thing about thubin used to be the north star and in forty thousand years we're gonna have another north star but we just happen to live at this time where the north star is polaris right and the guys that built the georgia Stones are you familiar mm. with them yes they built it there's a hole in the stone and If you look through it it lines up with polaris so it's been there for 40 years the polaris has never moved from that hole so don't tell me they built that knowing thinking that the earth is going to spin out and it's going to be looking at nothing the, the pyramids still line up with the same stars. You go out tonight, look at the stars at whatever time. And a year from now, you go out, look at the stars, same night, same time. Ten years from now, every star will be in the exact same position. This is a sky clock. It is a clock of perfection. Did you know that eclipses repeat every 18 years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's impossible in a beehive heliononsensical system.
1: If we're spinning, falling, growing, it's expanding. Everything is shifting. Move. It's like... I, I And how the,
2: does everything repeat? How do the stars stay in the same pattern? How does Polaris never move? How do eclipses, which are a statistical impossibility, right? The sun and the moon are the same size, but they look the same size because the sun is 400 times farther and 400 times bigger than the moon. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, yeah.
0: I think it's because, like you said, everything. it's a giant clock, so... You would get your eclipses each time the two hands cross.
2: Yeah, well, that the problem is, is they would never repeat because it's it's a thing called the three-body problem. Everything that holds the helio-nonsensical system together is the their big god, which is gravity. Okay? Gravity. So they can't even model, it's called the three-body problem, right? The sun is holding on to all of the planets and they're all rotating around it. And none of the planets' gravity affect each other, but they all hold on to the sun. But the planets all hold on to their own moons. And there's never a friggin' problem. How come when the sun, when, if the, <laughs> If the, if the moon was coming around the Earth towards the sun, how come it doesn't speed up? And then when it pulls away from the sun going around the Earth, how come it doesn't slow down? How come the sun doesn't rip it away? How come it doesn't change its orbit at all? How come it's completely predictable? When the, you take the world's best supercomputer and you could put a model in it, you know, you get a program and say, okay, I got a sun. It's got this much gravity. I got a planet. Put them in orbit. Works perfectly. You can watch it. You can predict where it's going to be for a million years, no problem. Then you add a third body, another planet, or another moon. One third body, you just add, and the entire thing goes into chaos mode, and no computer can figure out what's going to happen next.
0: But isn't the moon locked with the rotation of the Earth?
2: Cool story, bro. I mean, it's ridiculous. Think about it. The Earth, it's locked. (laughs) It's gravitationally locked. Right to the Earth, but how come when the, when all those planets lined up or when the sun lines up, how come it doesn't just perturb it a little bit? How come the moon only pays attention to the Earth's gravity? Okay, it's ridiculous. This is stuff that we're all programmed to believe. I used to believe everything you're saying. By the way, okay, I used to believe so,
0: in aliens too, but
2: yeah, I, well, we all, we all I, change I, our mind. There's, there's I actually there's didn't believe in you. aliens, and, and <laughs> by the way, Blankets I'm just saying if aliens, aliens. exist, they come, the extraterrestrials, I like to call them. Um, are coming from the extra territory beyond us yes are you familiar yeah. with the earth system uh, the flat earth model
0: uh yes i am actually all right i so, have your app
2: by the way dave i've had yeah, your app so so, so the on the app. app on the app if you if you look at it if you look at it if you were standing in the arctic what's the sun doing it's arcing around you right yes if you were standing in the antarctic outside of the uh, of the pond what's the sun doing it's Antarctic away from you Okay It's Antarctic away, the Antarctic and the Arctic Arctic Antarctic. It's how, talking about the sun. How does the sun rise and set
0: in that model?
2: all right, so uh, uh, it, because it's hard to do without graphics, but I, I can talk to a radio audience so let's say you're sitting outside in a big in a yard and you have a wood picket fence that's I don't know six feet tall that's um I don't know thirty forty yards away from you, right Okay. And you're sitting down and I'm holding a beach ball, I don't know, 10 feet above your head. Okay. That's the sun at noon. And I'm just going to, that beach ball, I'm going to move it parallel to the ground over away, over the fence. Okay. There's going to be a point where if you drew a line from your eyes to the top of that fence, it's a sloping up horizon. And when the sun just passes that horizon, it just goes by it, it'll set. And and due to perspective, that sloping line looks flat. Like if you were sitting next to a 10-story building, you'd have to look way up at the top of that building. But move that building 20 miles away, the top of that building looks like it's at your eye level. Wouldn't and it, as the sun goes beyond it, it just looks like it sets below it.
0: Wouldn't it just get smaller
2: as it moves farther away from me? Again, good good thought, another pre-programmed thing. The, the issue is the sun that we see is not a physical object and I could explain that further but there's so many things the optics of the sky are are so complex um with them with the moisture in the sky with the moisture in the air as things go away they get smaller but they also get magnified and they get bigger that's why sometimes when you look at a building across the water the bottom half is missing and that's cuz it's being magnified but that horizon is staying there so it's being magnified into the horizon so as the sun goes away it gets magnified, but it's also getting smaller. So does the sun size change? Well, a lot of times it's pretty close. A lot of times it does shrink, right? Um, but on in certain conditions, like there, there we have a, videos from uh, high plains in Africa where the sun is going away, it just goes away and it shrinks into a little dot. And I've caught it. I've got the sun fade out videos, I call it where um, the sun on a super clear day has to be zero humidity. Usually it has to be like 32 degrees outside. You guys are familiar with that in Canada and uh, super clear. And the sun is heading West and you'll watch the sun. It'll go down, 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 down. And then all of a sudden it stops and it just sits there. Okay. It sits there and it gets smaller and smaller and before it turns into a little dot, it just disappears into the thickness. It just can't push through anymore, and it disappears. It happens all the time. Now, I filmed this, and I have the, I call it the sun fade out. But I had friends down at the beach, and they saw the sun set from the bottom up 10 minutes earlier while I was still filming it. The problem is, you know, all the Globers will say, you have to put on, um, you know, the the solar glasses. You have to put on, you know, sun filter glasses. The problem with that is the most important of the sunset is the last couple of minutes the last couple of minutes because that's when the sun stops going down and it then it then you can see it move away because we see everything what i call our personal atmospheric dome so get a if you have a you can get it on amazon or whatever get a glass dome just it's a little like a paperweight it's a glass dome put it on the table put it on the floor and then get a pen light and just bring your arm across Across the top and look in that dome. What you will see when the, when the pen light starts approaching it, you'll see a little sun appear right at the horizon. And then it'll rise up, it'll rise over, it'll go down, and then it'll just fade away, exactly like what we see when we look. Hilarious. So, in, in the Flatter Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app, there's a button called where does the sun go? Okay. Well, everything I'm explaining to you, it's like, all right, I can see that you're listening. I can see that it sounds interesting. But if you click, where did the sun go? Where where does the sun go? It comes up with a with a list of videos that Google doesn't want you to see. And all of these videos will show you where the sun goes. It'll explain it. It'll let you see it. It'll show you how you can do it yourself. But if you Google this, none of these videos will show up because they don't want you seeing the truth of our world tons who, of videos who makes these videos i make some of them other people make them but you can make them yourself don't believe anything i say i'm just pointing at some doors that you've been brainwashed not to see
1: i have had your app for a while i love it um and there are hours absolute hours of of content on there you know they redirect you it's, it's super a easy lifetime to use of content
2: in there because when you're done you have yeah. to watch it all again
1: <laughs> were you a part of Level <laughs> that just came out? Or I'm sure you were. Uh, um, I, I'm, the, uh... I,
2: I was. Uh, th- they actually used a couple clips of mine in there. But uh, Hibbler actually wants me in his next film. So you know, those nice. They're, they're, there's, there's all different groups of people doing their stuff. There's people that you know, other flat earthers that are very popular that other flat earthers don't even know about because they're, they're everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. We're everywhere. Re- there's really, more really, and more people waking really, up to this. Really it's, it's there's more flat earthers than there are cryptocurrency users. I thought uh, <laughs> that flat Earth video level was actually
0: very good, uh, but I, I do think wow. that they need to use some uh, better people oh, you in said the video. More
1: credible people, right? More
0: he
2: credible looked- than a tattoo well, artist you're, you're and judging, a white boy you're rapper. Judging. Just like just like you guys are very biased to people in the <laughs> north, because at the beginning of this podcast, what did you say? You said, "Oh, you said the beginning of our beautiful spring," right? What about yes. the people in the south? It's the beginning of their fall. Do you not care about them?
1: <laughs> the beginning of your beautiful fall, you southern beautiful humans of the Akashic <laughs> Record. Okay,
2: you're you're forgetting about the people in the south, right? When you when you're what talking about, people about the Soviet, that's no like, that's no that's South, that's like very sexist no in a in a in a geographic way.
1: But there is I'm no. I'm so south. terribly sorry. I'm so. No, see, that's another mind- thing you're programming.
2: Flat Earthers t- think <laughs> Australia doesn't exist. That's a made up story in in the news made up story. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's it's unfortunate that um when you uh, go to so Google to a get south, flat but there's Earth no answers. southern hemisphere.
2: Wait, wait, stop. There is there it's not a hemisphere, it's a hemiplane. There is oh a outer okay, southern shit. hemiplane and the <laughs> okay. inner northern hemiplane. When you look into flight routes, southern flight routes, like if you want to go from Santiago or Buenos Aires to Australia, forget about it. it that destroys the, the globe. Destroys it. Go, because they they go all the way they go the long way they go all the way up north and then across the north and then back down and if you look at it on a flat earth map flat i mean straight and level straight but by the way saying that you like level awesome because it is for people like you it's a beginner movie right in the app right you have to get no and that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing don't don't get me wrong in the in the if you click the uh the the web button there there's a you come up with another page and there's one video one thing called flat um flat earth movies right there's about nine videos in there watch those turn your tv off for a week and then you too will lose the respect of your family and friends because you will be a flat earther just like the rest of us too yes. late for that join,
1: join. Um, <laughs> uh, join, join, like
0: i country. said i i watched it i liked it i thought it was a good video but i also watch a lot of stuff about aliens and i watch star wars and i like those too i, I just don't believe it
2: yeah so, but, but, but we're, really. we're showing you everything that that uh <laughs> scientism the heliocentric people show you nasa it's all unverifiable we're showing you things that you can verify your yourself now as far as extraterrestrials i'm just showing you the possibility what's more likely that they're coming from a couple thousand miles beyond antarctica or they're traveling 25 5 trillion miles if they're next to the closest Star and then crashing in Roswell That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, Well I
0: think the most logical explanation is that they're not real And it's the government So, But that's just me
1: yeah, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, well, that I doesn't wanna, matter. It doesn't matter question, the shape of the Earth whether it's uh, alien or not. On there, my, there's, uh, the Earth is measurably, testably, scientifically,
2: uh, provably flat, and oh, everything that they tell us you know, there small, is no curvature. I'm having a small hiccup. There is no of space vacuum. Frozen lemonade. There is here. no you, you you can't have uh, high pressure next to low pressure. Um, that just defies every law of thermodynamics. Uh, we can see too far. There every test for axial rotation or curvature has failed. And uh, Google's hiding it. That should be your number one. Yeah, uh, So are. I have a, a few other questions. Uh, Roman,
0: are, are you are you back on? Or are you uh, missing? Are you MIA right now? He froze. Yeah,
2: he... Uh, I'll come back. We, ask me Roman, a question.
0: Roman, are you... Uh, okay.
2: Uh, so have you ever heard of Falca- uh, Foucault's Pendulum? Foucault's P- Pendulum. Foucault's yes. Pendulum. Yeah, that's complete. If you look into that, that's another cool story. A um, Foucault's pendulum would only, if it was a real thing, would only work on the North Pole and the South Pole. And if you look up any Foucault's pendulum, they're all taken down, well one the ones in one the museum. Um, they, 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 the instructions are, first, there's a motor that has a bias to it that's pushing it, okay? It doesn't just swing by itself forever. So that adds a bias. And they say when they start it up, if it goes the wrong way, just to start it again and give it a little push in the right direction. Because once it starts doing that, it goes in the right direction. Um, and a funny thing about focal pendulums, when they're going, during a total eclipse of the sun, they change directions.
0: Yeah, so they leave a pile of sand below the pendulum and it makes different. Geometric well, that's, a,
2: that's what you're talking about, a spirograph. They, they, they do it where it's supposedly you know the rotation of the Earth. The pendulum ignores the rotation of the Earth. The, that, that entire thing goes with the Coriolis effect. They say that snipers have to adjust for Coriolis effect. That's nonsense. There's one video of a sniper, which is just, it's an idiot. Um, not an idiot, just a shill. Um, think about this. You're a long-range sniper, and you're zooming in, and you got your target. You got him in your scope. And then you realize, okay, now I got to move 13 feet to the left to hit him. You're going to, you're going to like move. You got them in your scope. You're going to move it to the left. So the bullet could arc and hit the guy never happens. Never. And, and why does the bullet arc? The bullet does not arc bullets drop. They can adjust for drop, but they don't adjust for left and right. Unless there's wind, of course, then they adjust for that. But, but if, if the, if the Coriolis Coriolis effect was real, um, every angle that you're shooting, you know, towards the equator, would be a different Coriolis effect. Like if you were just a a little bit to the left, you know, that changes the amount of spin, right? It changes it. It changes it so radically that there would be no way to figure it out. And the other thing is hot air balloons prove there's no Coriolis. They hover over the earth, right? How come they're not arcing away? How come the earth isn't spinning out from underneath them? They're in the air much longer than a bullet. Yeah, airplanes to. too. Not Air Globes. Don't get me don't get confused with Air Globes going over the, you know, sea curve. It's airplanes flying over <laughs> the sea <C> level.
1: <laughs> mm. All right, y'all. I have I want to I want to bring something up here, okay? No. Not heliocentric or this is this is on a spiritual level. I want to see where everyone lies on this. Um so if we have this firmament dome, right? Like I said, I've seen, when you really look at the stars, they, they move slowly, you know, they shift probably they move, but
2: they point. don't, they don't go out. They, they repeat yearly, exactly, nightly. exactly. So,
1: but when you really look at them, you will start to see the beehive structure. They're like, you will see the blocks almost put together as if it's, it's sort of like this and I feel it. And so for me, when I've had an out of body experience, um, what happened was my soul, um, you know, for lack of a better term, all these blanket t- statements like alien soul, you know, flatter that it's all Tartaria, fl- it, they're blanket statements for, for bigger pictures that might be anyway. So when my soul left my body, I felt and saw going through a tube to the outside of the atmosphere or the dome where I was with other energetic forces, right, where I felt really warm and comfortable and good. And then I came back into my body. Um, And so when you look at astrology about being from certain sign, a certain area, I had the idea of, well, if that's where all of our energy lies, the Akashic record of the, the, the spiritual goodness of earth's energy, outside of the dome maybe that these your sign that gives you this personality trait or whatever is actually like a neighborhood or a certain type of home uh that's let me, that's let me get let me address gorgeous. that i got Good. it yes yes so yes yes yes.
2: my belief is that the heavens are right above us and the stars that we see I, are the yeah, souls yeah within that's the heavens, kind of
1: it that's right of what so I when you look
2: up into the sky all of those stars are souls and then they take t- turns um manifesting here you're here on earth did we lose him again we lost him again um you here you with me who which one um, i
1: cut out for a second Roman? man On oh, yeah okay it's it's unfortunate
2: well i'll give the answer and you can listen to uh, later. astrology that, here we go that we're here on earth having a soul's experience experiencing the mind of the you know expanding the mind of the creator and that that you know, our, our job here is not to lose control of our soul and not to break anyone else's free will. And that's it. It's the experiences realm. But some assholes have hijacked this world and put us in a prison, and that's the prison of the globe. And they're using our manifestation, build, our manifestation um, abilities to build the world that they want because they've lost their ability to manifest because they've broken too many karmic laws. They've lost control of their souls. They no longer have the ability to manifest. So they're using us. It's just like having a bunch of slaves working in your fields, okay, you, and you've convinced them to do everything and then you pay them, but then you charge them, you know, for living on your on your property and eating your food and, and everything. It's the hmm. same thing. They're literally having us do the work they want, but instead of the physical work, which we do a lot of their physical work, we're also doing their manifestation work and they're getting us to create the world that they want through television programming and fear uh, and keeping us disconnected from who we are and knowing you know knowing our true power nobody has dominion over you nobody can tell you to do anything nobody can tell me to do anything and i know that and i've disconnected from their fear matrix and that's what they don't want you wake up to flat earth you disconnect from the fear matrix and that's the end
0: yeah who do you think right. these ruling people are
2: there's this Anunnaki?
0: is this anunnaki is this you know the gods is this the you know or is it something different
2: well, it, it, it you know it, it, depend, it, it I believe that there are different cl- there, I mean, there are different people here on earth that come from different origins and uh, they might come from different lands within, within the earth system but it's the ruling banking families the banking families are the real government the royal families the bilderbergers the, yeah. those are the people that are really running this world but in truth they have puppet they're the puppets of their true masters which probably live and lands outside of antarctica you know, there, there's so many royal people, you know, John Kerry, not that he's royal, on election day, went to Antarctica on election day. OK, what was he doing down there? Getting his marching orders, you know. And by the way, all the, the all of the the power structure of this world, they make us think that we're free. Oh, I can vote to the left. I can vote to the right. Well, they're that's all a, cousins a, of a, King farce. George or whatever. They They all go back to the same king. They're all the same family. OK,
0: we know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's all about division. They've divided us up. By you know, we used to have Tataria, a worldwide civilization but then they divided us up by countries and then they divide us up by religions races sexes now they're dividing us up by vaccinated and unvaccinated they're dividing us up by you know 911 so deniers and 911 you know 911 truthers and 911 believers you know they just divide 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 everything to divide us cuz they know if we get together and work our minds together in a non-fear based way that's the end of them they're finished yeah. overnight yeah. if everybody If everybody got my app, the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app, studied it all night and realized the Earth was flat and realized that we're at the center of creation and realized that no one has dominion over them, tomorrow, all of the tyranny would be done. And all of the people that we call the elite would be little fleas fleas that we don't even notice.
1: So how big do you, like in your intuition, do you think that the earth system is like, like, do you, do you have like a a vision in your head of just ever expansive?
2: I mean, we can, we can, you know, we can see flights and, and stuff. And you know, the, if you draw a circle around halfway between the center and the Antarctica, that's 24, 25,000 miles around. So Antarctica, the shoreline of Antarctica is like 60,000 miles around, maybe a little more. So we live within a 60,000 mile circle. Do the little math on there. You could figure out, figure it all out. Yeah. If the Earth was a ball, Antarctica is an island continent at the bottom of that ball, and the circumference of Antarctica is about thirteen thousand miles. That's what they tell us. You get two boats. They go in opposite directions, both of them keeping Antarctica's shoreline in their view, and at seven thousand miles later, they would meet on the other side. Okay, but no one's ever done this. Because they can't do it. Captain Cook was the last one that did it. I think he did it three times. It took him over three and a half years, and he went over 60,000 miles. Well, how do you do 60,000 miles around something that's only 13,000 miles around? And the answer is because he was going all the way
1: around the edge of the lake, (laughs) the world lake. Do you know um, Brad Olson? Are you familiar with him? He was He's the uh... guy
2: that went across Antarctica, supposedly, or?
1: No, no, no. That? That, that that guy. I don't know, it. I, I feel like that was probably Admiral. Um, yeah, uh, no, he was. He's just an author that um, started out like travel writing, and he was just on uh, Sam Tripoli's Tinfoil Hat uh, podcast, and he he went to Antarctica on a boat with um, some Polish, some Polacks, and just he went to some science. You know, the they have research stations there, but only a few. Um, and people don't like to do it at all. Like people don't want to be there for more than six months, you know? So, um, but th- yeah, it's, it's funny that Antarctica is so heavily guarded. You have to have all these permits, all these sayings. To- right, you
2: can't, and there's no independent exploration of Antarctica Um, period. And there's 15 different companies that you can book a very expensive trip to go there for three days. They bring you to the little peninsula near the edge. They show you icebergs, penguins, and a a ceremonial South Pole, which you can't verify where you are because compasses don't work and neither does GPS. And then they kick out. No one is allowed to explore the outer lands of Antarctica. And people that have tried have been stopped, threatened to be sunk in their ships and sent home and jailed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love that. That's awesome. Great. Yay. (laughs) Oh, good.
0: I have one more. Go ahead. One more. Uh, So I believe in as above, so below. All right. I'm with you. And my thinking is the universe, the solar system is an atom with protons, electrons, and a nucleus, which is the sun. And if as above, so below is real, then everything on the macro exists on the galactic.
2: <laughs> so, so that would make everything round because atoms are round. All right. Cool story, bro. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen an atom other than in a meme or an animation? Uh, no. Nobody has. Okay. It's all made up nonsense.
1: Just like okay? we've never seen the earth outside of a NASA photograph.
2: Yeah. And here's the thing, let's say you could get up to like three hundred thousand feet if I took a flat earther and a globe earther up to three hundred thousand feet and I looked down, the globe earther would see a sphere, and the flat Earther would see the flat earth because <laughs> it's all how you interpret things we see in a circle the distance that we see is the same in all directions, so that draws a flat circle, and then our minds tell us that there that there is a uh, that that that's a curve there, there's one um one guy a science science guy he's um I forget what, I think he's a big 9-11 guy. And he says, you can easily test that the cur- see, see the curvature of the earth with a string. And he goes to, to the ocean edge where he has a huge horizon and he pulls a string out in front of his eyes, straight, pull it straight. And right. you can see a little dip of the edge, but that's because when you're looking into the distance, I'm, let's say I see what a 10 miles, 20 miles, 50 miles, whatever it is to the, to the point of convergence, straight ahead at 50 miles. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, 50 miles in all directions. So you pull that string. Well, it's going to curve away from the string. And then a glober will say that's curvature of the earth. That's not curvature of the earth. That's just the limit of your vision.
0: That's far we can greater see too than far. three miles We're not well.
2: spinning. Stars repeat. Polaris lines up with the, the Georgia Guidestones um, for thousands of years or however old those pyramids are. Uh, the same stars are lining up with them. Orion lines up with them. We're not spinning. Lakes lie flat. You can't have high pressure next to a vacuum. You're at the center of creation. You can deny it all you want, but it's going to eat you alive until you look and see the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a, here's a, are you guys into cryptocurrency? No. Not at uh, all? Well? Do you know what it is? I, yeah, it's of course. Death. No
1: xrp okay
2: how about this i will cash out a bitcoin and give you its value which is almost sixty thousand dollars today if you can come up with one globe proof take the flat earth app challenge which is watch the daily video every day for two weeks and then hit me up with one proof of the globe and you won't be able to do it
0: well we couldn't do it anyways because we don't believe in a globe like i said i believe in a tornado
2: Earth well, you know, what? I believe leaves. that the the center <laughs> so, of the earth plane is uh, 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 is a, th- that's where the magnetic north is. And I, I believe there's a magnetic mountain there. And I believe that there is a Troy, a toroidal field going out and around um, our earth. And it comes down in Antarctica. And that's why no one is allowed to go over the North pole. Okay. I mean, it might be like a donut, you know, and so I don't know what's at the North pole.
0: What's below then what's below the flat earth.
2: Yeah, so so the deepest hole ever dug, flat, round, toroidal, whatever you want to call it, the deepest hole uh, ever dug was is short of eight miles. And while they were digging that hole, they used ground penetrating radar to see what they're going to hit next, and they were wrong every step of the way. Right? They're like, oh, no more rocks. They hit more rocks. Up, oh, no more water. They hit more water. Right? So they're wrong every step of the way. So let's uh, let's put that in scale. If the Earth was an apple, they drilled halfway through the skin of the apple the thin skin of the apple they went halfway through they were wrong every step of the way but somehow they know what the next four thousand miles brings okay and they tell us that the center of the earth is a molten magnetic core that is mockery because you can't have a molten magnet you heat a magnet up and they lose their magnetism before they even melt
1: yeah do you believe that they're they're are like actual multi-dimensions that could exist within the layers of the
2: earth. hundred percent. So I believe they, they, they hit an impenetrable barrier, kind of like the firmament above there's a firmament below. All right. And so they couldn't dig through it. So maybe there's a more dense dimension down there. It's something hellish. And maybe above us is a more heavenly, less more etheric dimension above us. Go check out Santos Bonacci. He talks about the seven layers.
0: Yes. So, Flat Earth is a lasagna.
2: Yes, a <laughs> is a lasagna. Right. It's a, probably a vegetarian lasagna, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't as delicious as a there's meat lasagna. No meat. No meat. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of vegetarians in Flat Earth too. So you can you can you know you can tie it to Christian vegetarian movement.
1: <laughs> Seven day Adventist. Yeah. The the uh, many dimensions of the mind as well as the earth. I think we correlate. Yeah. You know the earth inside of our inside of our psyche, inside of our body, you know, we, we share a lot of similarities, uh, cause the mind is ever expanding. Thus is the earth system, you know, forever yep. and always.
2: All right. Anything else before we wrap up?
0: Uh, you got anything else, Roman?
1: Um, yeah, yeah I do. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, are you boys with crow crow seven, seven, seven? Oh,
2: crow's my buddy. Yeah. We talk all the time.
1: Man, I just, just got go off the phone out with
2: Jason, actually.
1: Show. No way. Yeah, Do you nice. guys listen to Crow? Wait, hey, do you guys yes. listen to Crow yeah. on a regular
2: basis? Yeah. Are you subscribed? You get hour one and hour two? No. Of
1: course.
2: Have you listened? Not, no. oh, oh, not wait. the.
1: Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm subscribed to a couple, but I, I want to. I will. You
2: yeah. got to subscribe to Crow. And it, listen, if you don't, want it's like $5 a month or whatever it is. Um, Subscribe and download the last 300 episodes and then unsubscribe. For five bucks, <laughs> you have better than any university will teach you. And if you find, yeah. go back to the early ones where he taught, where he did like seven in a row on space. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. You'll learn about no nukes, no nukes, nuclear bombs don't exist. Okay. You're going to learn so much on that. You learn about the law, about you don't need a driver's license. You don't need insurance. You don't need registration.
1: Yeah. Did you, did you the hear that last one? Sovereign laws, sovereign laws, those have been going yeah, on. Yeah.
2: So it's amazing. And this one guy, he proved it. He proved that it works. So, um, Crow is one of the probably the only podcast that I've never missed an episode. So good, yeah. It's Crow with two R's, C R R O W seven 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 radio. And if anyone that's listening that has a kid they're going to send to college, don't send them to college.
1: Please just have them
2: listen to Crow episodes every week, and they will be smarter than anyone else. And I will hire them. I'm hiring people. I'd rather hire. Where did you go to school? Harvard. And you? I just listen to Crow. You're hired. What are you
0: going to hire them for?
2: Whatever. I I mean I had I, I had my own company for a while. I hired lots of people. So we interviewed lots of people. And I'll tell you the college graduates are the dumbest of them all. Do you own yeah, a they'd... Flat Earth lasagna company? No, Flat Earth Pizza Company.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, ooh, pizza company. oh there No, we, I was yeah. in the
2: solar power business, yeah. I told you. I had a solar power <laughs> development
1: company. Oh man, that's so cool. Um so yeah, where where uh you know, tell us uh, how to download your app and any other places to find yeah, you so- in to you.
2: The the app is called the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock App. On Google Play, there's already a knockoff by the Flatter Society people, which is disinformation. Oh, uh, wow. don't, don't, if you get that one, just don't send me an email telling me my app sucks because my app is the highest-rated app in the app store and the Google Play Store. The Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app by Blue Water Bay, you have to have an Android 8.0 operating system or higher and an iPhone 6 or better. Um if you can't find it, just go to the earthpodcast.com. All the links are there. The Flat Earth Podcast Instagram, the Flat Earth Podcast Facebook page, theflatearthpodcast.com. And uh, that's it. The Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. If you want to learn the truth about our world, hit it up. $2.99. It, and you have it for the rest of your life, unlike a coffee or a beer that you pee away in 20 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, we got
0: know. three more <laughs> minutes. One go. last question. Quick, quick, quick question. Shoot.
2: Why is everybody in the Tartarian paradigm a flat earther? Because they all, how about this? Everyone in the 1920s was a flat earther. They were teaching flat earth in public schools in America, okay? Public schools in America, they were teaching flat earth everywhere in the 1930s In other countries. They were teaching it. Then they had the world wars. They had the depression and they stole our history and they reprogrammed us and they brought in. Oh, science has said this. And NASA, you know, NASA went up and took a picture of the earth and looks just like what Paramount has been spinning in their movies since 1927.
1: Okay. Which all, all stems from the Nazis coming over into America to basically make the entire tyrannical top-down government the technocratic yeah. takeover. And why did, did Werner
2: Von Braun, out? the Russian the Nazi German scientist that ran NASA write on his gravestone, you know, the about the Psalms nineteen one, which is about the firmament separating the waters from the waters. Okay. It's all here <laughs> in front of us. They tell us everything. The Arctic, <laughs> the Antarctic. It's about the sun right? The airplanes fly over the earth plane, sea level, not sea curve. It's all there for you to see. You just have to see it. The programming is strong. Here's the thing. I didn't want to give up Star Wars and Star Trek. I grew up on that stuff. It was so good. I love those movies. Well, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. The world is far more interesting. Okay?
1: Yes. The
2: secret space program is the secret propulsion program. It's real. It's just not going into outer space above us. It's going to the outer space Besides us, if it's going anywhere,
1: right. yeah, they do always tend to
2: go that way. <laughs> tend well, to they go ex- up and they crash into the ocean. Excellent, thank
0: you uh, very much for joining us and uh, coming on our little podcast and no problem, uh, talking to us. And uh, I'm gonna get your app and I'm gonna seek out that Bitcoin. You got it. <laughs> you got it.
1: <laughs>
0: Beautiful, All Dave. Right.
1: Thank you so much, man.
0: All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Shoot.